Fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome into the program. It is a pre-Friday celebration, the greatest day of the entire week, and one of the greatest holidays of the entire year. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. For those that have listened to this program for any cent of time, you realize that this is by far my favorite holiday of the entire year. Why? I don't know. It's just awesome. So welcome into it, and... Happy St. Patty's Day to you. Welcome in. This is The Voice Reason. I am Andy Hoosier broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station all over the country. Radio, TV, live streaming and podcasting. Your millennial general reporting for duty as we do every single day. Big show lined up for you today. A little bit different because it is a holiday and during holidays, big holidays like this, we like to have a little fun bottom of the hour we do have mark mix he is the president of the national right to work committee he'll be joining us on the show we'll talk about labor unions we'll talk about right to work laws and states we'll talk about energy production and oil production obviously a big stickler as we go into the fact that gas prices are skyrocketing and the biden administration is trying to blame it on the seven percent of imported oil that we have in this nation coming from russia and because we're cutting that out down the road then all of a sudden gas prices are going to be up I'm still boggled and mind-blown with the fact that a lot of our sanctions that we're putting in place don't even take effect for another three months, but yet he's saying that the repercussions are happening right now. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but we'll break it all down here on the show today as well. So welcome in. Great to have you along for the ride. If you are watching, by the way, and we do have the live video feeds up and going on the Opslens website and app, and I believe hey, it's on the social media as well. If you are watching, you can see it. We have our lovely green on today like we do for St. Patrick's Day every single year. I have the shirt. I have my fake like uh, little leprechaun tie thing, and I have a hat, although it's hard to wear with my headphones on. But if you are watching the live feed, it is it, it is here. It looks fantastic. I am. It's a green leprechaun looking hat thing i don't know it's a tradition to wear every single year now the one thing i did not do this year was actually dye my hair green (laughs) andy why would you do that why because i'm a dork that's why i'm allowed to do so uh we'll get into some fun holiday facts which we do every single year we'll talk about it uh talk about some saint patty's day facts some fun irish facts here in a little bit because it's just fun and i like to embrace the holiday but i do want to use this opportunity with a holiday like this today to really talk about an interesting topic Last night, I got home and we were getting ready, and Mrs. Voice of Reason has in this morning. I woke up this morning, she was getting the uh, corned beef all ready, and she was making the roux, and she was putting it in the crock pot for the corned beef and cabbage, which is something that I look forward to every single year. And by the way, I bought multiples of them because we make the corned beef and cabbage today. We eat the corned beef and hash this weekend. When I make the the homemade hash and the eggs and everything, we do that. And then you got to put some in the freezer as well. But while we were doing that, we turned on a show because I wanted to really show my little one, little voice of reason about, uh, obviously, our culture, because we're like 60 70% Irish. Uh, but I wanted her to get into the spirit, have a little fun outside of just that we're going to wear green or else I'm going to pinch you sort of joke. There's more to it than that. Uh, you can talk about St. Patrick, 
which wasn't necessarily Irish, but he, uh, for those that don't know, it's actually kind of a fascinating story. He was Roman, who was captured as a kid and was taken to Ireland by Irish pirates at the time, escaped when he was like 17 or 18, became a priest, and then went back to Ireland to try and convert all the pagans over in Ireland, which brings up a whole nother discussion of uh, religion and, and spirituality of that sort, which is a very fascinating conversation, not something that we actually have time to do so today, though. But it was uh, so he didn't actually drive out snakes. It's a metaphor for him driving out the pagans and converting them to Christianity at the time. He was not Irish, but he still hailed in St. Patrick uh, in Ireland as a great saint. But in, in Ireland, they actually just go to church all day. Here in America, we feel like drinking green beer all day which I don't plan on doing today, but I can still wear the green and have a little fun with it. So we'll get into that. But while I was trying to get in the festive mood and spirit today, last night we tried to turn on a movie for the little one, and I had forgotten about this movie completely. It was a 90s movie when I was a kid that I thought was the coolest thing in the entire world, and I came across it on Disney+. Plus. It's a Disney movie. So, and I, But here's the thing. Outside of it just being a kid's movie, I highly recommend you having your children or grandchildren watch this movie. And it's called Luck of the Irish. Anybody remember it? Super cheesy. It was a really cheesy, lighthearted Disney kids movie, but it was fun. And it really brought home a discussion that I think we need to have today. And it was a story. I'll give you a little bit of the rundown. I guess I can spoil it for you. It's a kid's movie. How in-depth and enthralled are you going to be with it? Uh, but it was about a high school kid that was the star basketball player who always wore a, a necklace with a coin, a gold coin around his neck and was the top superstar in the basketball team. And uh, he had all this luck. He would always find cash on the side of the street. He was a lucky guy. There came a point to where they were doing a culture day where everybody was going to do some type of presentation in the gymnasium about either a song or a tradition or something based on their culture as an individual. Because the whole theme of the movie was the fact that we all live in this great nation with the melting pot that we are based on different cultures and different religions and different traditions and different foods and different songs and dances and different prayers and different everything because we are the great melting pot that is the United States and how wonderful of a nation that we are. Now, there's no movies made like that in today's time. But it really brings up a point that I really thought, like my generation that grew up with that type of movie, why are we in a situation now where we have Black Lives Matter and we have Antifa and we have all these other extreme radical organizations that don't understand the concept of working together to better society, but you're evil because of your skin color, so I'm trying to end racism by hating you because of a certain skin color and really becoming a radical movement. When did we get to this point and why? Because if the younger generation, which is, I guess, my generation and below, uh, my generation especially grew up in the late 80s, early 90s as kids and into the mid 90s to where, as far as I remember, there wasn't that conversation. We didn't have those issues. We had in the 80s, obviously, a lot of a blending of hip-hop and the beginning of rap and a, a blending of cultures based on TV shows and, and black and white people all getting along and everybody all happy because we had come through a lot of the civil rights movements in the 60s and 70s, and the 80s were enjoying that, and the 90s were enjoying that, but then all of a sudden, boom, now we have this great divide in the 2000s to where, well, okay, we had our fun, but now you're evil and you're evil and we need reparations or we need to be a victim, and I'm talking about any type of culture. Now, where did we get to that point? Because my generation grew up watching 
you know, luck of the Irish to where it was about different cultures and how everybody got to present on their culture and embrace the beauty of their culture, but also understand that another culture is really awesome as well and how we can live in this awesome melting pot. And this is a topic that really bugs me because identity politics to me is the lowest of low common denominators when it comes to trying to talk about social issues. If you focus your life on identity politics of I am a victim because of a skin color or because of a religion or because of a sexual orientation or because of whatever gender identification, whatever, if you think and live your life in that sense, then that is the lowest IQ level you could possibly have because that's not what defines you. It can be part of who you are, which is why we celebrate something like St. Patrick's Day today. And with me being predominantly Irish, I enjoy that and embrace the culture. I embrace the music. Everybody around here laughs at me for the amount of folk music and Irish folk music that I have with the Dubliners and the Clancy Brothers and the Irish Rovers, the stuff back in the the 50s, 60s, and 70s that was the old school folk music. That's great, and I know all the songs, and I sing along with them and have a great time with it because I embrace it and I enjoy it because it's part of my culture. Now, is that everything about me? No. Do I walk down the street and be like, hey, top of the morning to you. Hey, I'm Irish. Did you know that we're going to eat corned beef and cabbage today? No, we don't do that because it's a part of me, but it's not my identity. It can be part of your identity, but it's not your full identity. The identity politics is absurd. And I want to know where that transition came from. And those that are trying to play victim because we're being persecuted or, you know, we need reparations because of whatever. I mean, name one, one culture, one culture, not just in the United States, but all over the world that wasn't abused or taken advantage of or persecuted in some way, shape or form. Name one, just one. You can't do, again, if you use the general white people are evil, that's a stupid argument and you really have no clue what the hell you're talking about. When Europeans came over to America, we need to go back to then, they brought their warfare from Europe over to the United States. The Irish had a lot of servitude, had a lot of slavery. They were living in bad conditions. There were signs that said Irish were not allowed to go to these restaurants. They were called derogatory names, and they were cheaper to bring over, too, for some of that labor because it was still, at that time, early on, still really expensive to bring over Africans. Not to belittle or downplay in any way, shape, or form, because All of it's terrible. There are wars. You ever see that movie, Gangs of New York? Super cheesy movie, but it was kind of fun. Uh, Between the Irish and the Italians and the Germans and whoever, there were still gangs. They brought all of that over in the United States. Then you talk about the Native Americans with the Trail of Tears and all the abuse that the Native Americans had. Where they still live on their plantations and on their reservations that were given to them from the government. Thank you very much. Government going to take care of me. Which, by the way, if you want to know what a socialist nation would look like here in the United States, just go to an Indian reservation. See how you have the top-tiered guys that are kind of running the reservation as their government that gets millions of dollars from casinos that they build all over the place, while the rest of the population has an alcohol addiction and has a drug addiction and is living in trailers and, you know, there's crime that's out the wazoo. They're They're dying from disease. They're waiting on government meat and food to be imported into the reservation to take care of them. You want to see what socialism looks like, go to an Indian reservation where they're still being beaten down and down trodden because they're prideful of their people thank god but they live on the reservation and wait for the government handouts that's what socialism is going to look like if we ever come to that but their history is horrible horrible the asians 
Asians were slaves during the Western expansion, were they not? They were the ones who built the railroads going through, trying to use the dynamite and the explosives to, to, to blow up different mountains and be able to work their way through. They were treated horribly. We have Hispanics that have been treated horribly after we did our Manifest Destiny, and we said, this is America now, which, I mean, it happens in culture. You can't just say, well, evil, evil white people did that. You know, it happened all over the world. We have Africans that did that with different tribes. We have the Aztecs, and I love to use that example of uh, their different tribes where they've enslaved other tribes in, in Central and South America, and they use their skulls as soccer balls because why the hell not to show their dominance? Native Americans also went and scalped other tribes because why the hell not? There's been atrocities throughout history, and the one thing, that's supposed to unite the United States is the fact that we are a melting pot of so many different cultures, so many different religions, so many different heritage, so many different foods, so many different whatever that can come together and find one nice harmonious message that is the fact that we want to live free and that we can evolve as humans from the archaic barbarians, if you want to put it in that terms, for what we were in the past, to recognize it, not shun it, not ban it from schools, from being taught, not actually getting rid of the stuff, but learning from it, understanding what was going on, and then learning not to do it again by not focusing on identity politics, but learning to move past identity politics. Getting rid of days that specifically say, I am a victim because of what happened to me, so therefore we're going to have a special day or whatever. No, just prideful of who we are and being excited to show it to other people to where they can take something from it. Not cultural appropriation. You stole it. You're eating a taco. You are culturally appropriating Hispanic population. No, being prideful of the fact that, wow, people are eating that stuff. They can share a taco with me. I'll share them some corned beef with them, and we'll all live in happy, harmonious kumbaya ceremonies. What do you think? Isn't that the world we're supposed to live in? With Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. By the way, so I asked a question in that last segment. Where did we get to this point? Again, my generation grew up with the harmony. We didn't have to worry about this crap, the identity politics, the divisiveness. We were coming out of the civil rights movement in the 60s and 70s and the 80s and 90s where the millennials really came from we were in that hiatus of wow everybody's getting together we got to enjoy hip-hop culture which i never got into it but i respect it there's some really fun stuff out there where there was a blending where people are doing that in movies and in tv shows and in music and in just society in general there was a that acceptance for everybody and we all got along where did that come back and that divisiveness come back i asked that question i have the answer for you or at least my opinion of the answer see if you agree with this or not it really came to the socialist progressive activists from the 60s and 70s that felt like they have done something productive being the ones now in the higher education in the k-12 through and the higher education teaching and realizing wait a second we fought for stuff and then we won and telling the stories and then we have the government realizing we're starting to actually get along which they don't like that so let's throw the wrench in the system and poke the bear to get everybody all stirred up again that were by the way again the activists and then you had the students hearing about the activists that are now the teachers that started to realize wait i want to do something just as important just as um life-changing and earth-changing i want to do something as well so they took the barrier to another level so instead of saying wow we've gotten rid of racism are there uh, here's the thing no we don't have systematic racism are there racist um situations sure is there still racism in society there are people that do stupid things based on identity politics yes but overall a system that is oppressing people intentionally no I do not believe so. Are there pockets of things that are not doing well for certain groups? Absolutely. Should we continue to evolve and make them better? Absolutely. Should we focus on them? Absolutely. But an entire system, no, I do not believe that there is, personally. But the younger generation, my generation now, hearing about what the activists had done back then, they want to be an earth-changing activist as well. So they've taken it to the next level of, wow, let's not look at poli- or let's not look at skin color or race or gender or whatever, but now let's focus on it so much to eradicate it that now we're reverting back because the cycle is returning itself again. And I think that's unfortunate, number one. I also believe that there's a large portion to where the government said, wow, look, things are going well and people are getting along. We can't have that because we can't control them when they're all united and working together. And I think there's a large portion of that as well that we need to be very concerned about. So there's a lot of different factors that's leading up to why we went from 80s and 90s, awesome, doing really well there with the blending of everybody culturally and then all of a sudden oh yeah look at that we're going to start groups because i'm oppressed from one or another and it just doesn't make any sense to me i don't have i got literally a minute i don't have time to actually do the fun irish facts we'll do that at the end of the program if we don't carry mark mix over to two segments and we'll do that but i highly recommend highly recommend that you watch the movie 
Luck of the Irish for your children. Not, I mean, you can watch it as well, but take the message away because there's a strong message there that is not accepted in media today, in Hollywood today, in culture today, where we have the melting pot where we can get along and we can actually meet other people that are culturally diverse and different and actually be prideful of, again, our culture, but not making that culture everything about me. You can still be an individual. Don't box yourself in because the Democrats, the progressives, the socialists, they love the boxing in. They loved by, oh, you are of a minority descent. You're black. You're Hispanic. Oh, you have to think this way. You have to live in these certain areas. You have to vote a certain way. You have to do certain jobs. You have to do certain things. How dare you step out of that? You're part of the LGBTQ community. Oh, great. You're going to think this way. You're going to vote this way. You're going to feel this way. And if you don't, then what's wrong with you? How dare you step up? We're here to help you. Take it from me, where I've said this many times before. I don't want anybody's help. Leave me the hell alone. I don't want your help. I'll figure it out myself. And that's the American dream. That's why we as a society have been able to take all the hardships and bad things that we've done to every culture and been able to rise above it, been able to challenge ourselves as an individual and as a group of individuals and be able to rise above and become successful. Because we did it, not because of the government, because we as individuals and the society and as we the people were able to do so. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So I see a headline on Drudge Report, kind of funny. I always kind of skim through it to see if they have anything decent on there, which they've gone downhill over the last couple of years. Kind of sad. But engineers hoping to perfect masks. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much more you can perfect a mask. It's a mask. But... It doesn't stop COVID-19, right? It's an N95 mask or stronger, so we need to get the cloth mask. Well, if you do that, you just have to tighten up the fabrics. I don't know what the big problem is here. To allow you to breathe through it, that would be a different kind of mask, like a gas mask, allow you to breathe in, breathe out. Weird times we live in. Welcome back into the program. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you here on a pre-Friday celebration on the show. Always great to chat with you. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening. Hat tip to the Opslens family. we got a lot of people jumping on there right now as well. Let me know where you're watching, and we appreciate that. Uh, I don't want to waste any time. I want to get right to our guest here. Super awesome guy to have on for the day as we talk about the latest and what's trending. Maybe. Hey, there we go. 
What's trending today? So obviously there's a lot of conversation not only with Russia and the Ukraine, but what it means for us here in the U.S. Trying to be, you know, energy independent, us trying to actually be a little more self-sufficient, which is really hard to do. When you have an administration that says that you have to, you know, join a union and we're going to increase jobs, we're going to increase union jobs because they think unions just kind of run the place. And uh, what are we doing to fight for those individual rights? Again, that groupthink mentality, just like those identity politics. Let's build upon it when it comes to the workforce as well. He is the president of the National Right to Work Committee. You can find them online with their website uh, as well at nrtwc.org. It's the man himself, Mr. Mark Mix. Mark, how are you, my friend? Andy, I'm doing well. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. It's uh, I, I always joke it's one of my favorite holidays of the entire... It's right up there with 4th of July and Christmas. <laughs> well, yeah, my brother's birthday is today, and, you know, we got along... We didn't get along as well uh, as we do now when we were young, and so, you know, he used to beat me up on his birthday. I don't know what that was all about, but uh, mm-hmm. he's a St. Patrick's Day. We're not Irish, but he was born on St. Patrick's Day, so he was honorary, I guess, right? You know what? Everybody's Irish on St. Patty's Day. Have some corned beef and cabbage, have a Guinness, and have a grand old time. That's right. <laughs> well, Andy, I, I had a bad experience with green beer a while back, so I won't say any more about that. But uh, anyway, I, I've kind of given up that celebration at this at this point in my life. But, That's, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. That's right. Well, it, it's funny because, and, and I know you listened to a little bit of it, and I appreciate that, the identity politics conversation, the groupthink mentality that is because you're this certain minority, because of your certain gender, because of being part of an LGBT group because of uh religion whatever that all of a sudden now the progressives they love to just put you in a box of now you associate with that so now you have lost your individualism you have lost your individual sovereignty you are now just part of that group think mentality the exact same thing happens when you start talking about unions in the workforce doesn't it yeah, that's absolutely right. And this president's really, really good at it. I mean, he talks about jobs and job creation, but he never talks about the independent-minded workers out there, that which are 94% of the private sector workforce that are out there, you know, getting paychecks, getting benefits, uh, having retirement benefits and health insurance. But for some reason, this administration is stuck on this notion that any job has to be a, quote, good-paying union job or union this or union that. Frankly, he is the president that's mentioned the word union more than anyone else. But when you look at the record, Andy, and you don't have to go back far. Obviously, it's only been about a year and, what, a couple of months. But immediately upon coming into office, this president, who basically indicated this on the campaign trail, put a whole bunch of union rank-and-file workers on the unemployment line by canceling the Keystone Pipeline Mm -hmm. and suspending oil and gas exploration out on federal lands. I mean, those are good-paying union jobs that Joe Biden talks about. I guess he learned about that in Scranton. But, but the bottom line is this. I mean, he has put more union members out of work than, than other workers who have come back into the economy in a big way. I mean, when you look at the union density numbers, I mean, notwithstanding the rhetoric and the propaganda of the White House and union bosses back here in Washington, D.C., I mean, rank-and-file workers are going back to their jobs, and they're basically not going back to union jobs, it looks like, because of the percentages. And, but yet the president's policies are all predicated on this, this identity of somehow a union job or a union worker is better or whatever than, than someone's out there that's working individually or independently. I mean, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, but yet the unions still continuously contribute largely. I mean, 60, 40, 70, 30 ratios when it comes to contributing to 
the Biden administration or to Democrats or to progressives when they're the ones that are killing off the jobs because, you know, the energy oil energy industry is evil and they just, you know, rape the earth from its resources with oil. You know, we need to raise the minimum wage. It just makes things more difficult. We need to end production because it's bad for the environment. Why do unions continue support supporting their agenda when that agenda is killing the jobs that they're trying to fight for? Because they're more focused on legislative action than they are on what's going on on the shop floor. I mean, unions are wards of government action. Their ability to compel workers to pay dues or fees in order to get or keep a job in America comes from legislative action in Washington, D.C. back in the 1930s. I mean, they were warned about this by, by Samuel Gompers, the, the father of the American labor movement. And Andy, he believed in volunteerism. He said the workers of America adhere to voluntary institutions. Anything else is a menace to their rights and will destroy an organization that is inherently stronger through volunteerism than through compulsion. And he understood it very well. I mean, we join things because we want to be part of them. We don't join things because we're forced to join them. We, su- we don't support organizations that we don't like unless we're forced. And so coercion and force are the primary weapons of organized labor in America. And if you're going to protect that really unique business model, which it is a very unique business model, you've got to have politicians in your pocket. Mandy, the ratios are even a little more extraordinary than you mentioned. They're 95-5, they're 90-10, they're, you know, 98, they're they're 100% zero in some big unions. And yet, if you're the operating engineers, if you're working on the Keystone Pipeline and you're an operating engineer and you realize that your money was spent to elect Joe Biden to the presidency that put you on the unemployment line, one wonders how you can continue to support compulsion and force in America's workplace. Yeah, amen to that. When Trump was in office and we became energy independent for the first time ever, I'm assuming that not only helped just jobs overall, especially in the energy industry, but also labor union jobs. Do you think a lot of the workers saw that? Well, I think they absolutely did. I mean, one of the ideas of if you're going to be in the union business and your stock and trade, your business model is recruiting new members and getting new revenue through union dues, wouldn't you want more jobs here? Wouldn't you want more manufacturing jobs here? Wouldn't you want more energy industry jobs here? Wouldn't you want more jobs created so that you could go out and sell your product to those workers? You'd think that would be the answer, but no. They helped to elect a president with a radical agenda that's actually driving jobs offshore again, shutting down opportunities for workers here in the United States. I mean, how union officials can stand in front of their, quote, brothers and sisters at these meet, well, they don't usually stand in front of their brothers and sisters at their conventions because they don't let the rank-and-file workers vote for leadership in most instances. But the bottom line is, is they stand up with a straight face and say, you know, we're doing this for you. How is doing this for you supporting the radical squad in Congress or a president that puts you on the unemployment line or a party that has an agenda that's designed to basically wipe out your opportunity to work? I don't get that. Yeah, I don't get that either. We're talking with Mark Mix, the president of the National Right to Work Committee. Let's talk about the rising of the uh, minimum wage as we continue to see that one Is that a push from unions and union workers trying to raise the minimum wage, or is that from those outside of the force like that that doesn't quite understand what that would do to impact workers in the force? Well, I think there are, there are first the, the, the so-called intellectuals that talk about this, that somehow you can set wages and uh, that will make everyone more profitable and more handsome and, and better looking and cure bad breath. It doesn't do that. We know that, Andy. These are inputs into a labor policy or, a, or the cost of producing goods and services. And so by artificially setting wages, you are 
basically uh, increasing prices and you're not making anybody better off because those prices just get passed along. So, But the union movement has been very interested in that because they know that if they can raise the floor of the wage rates, that everything above that gets raised up proportionally as well, because their structure is all built not on necessarily performance or merit. It's built on, hey, you've been here for an extra year. Here's an extra five bucks. I mean, they base it not on performance or productivity or the things that really create the increase in wages as they should and as they do and as the market proves. But this notion that you just raise it just because uh, it doesn't make any sense. And now, you know, this the so-called fight for 15, I mean, the market is supporting higher wages right now. I mean, they're, it's because of inflation, and that goes back to energy policy and other policies of this administration that go way back before Ukraine, which is now the, the singular excuse for everything that's going wrong in America. But these policies of trying to artificially set market prices just doesn't make any sense, and that market price is a wage rate. Yeah, that is very true. Uh, is there an industry that has not been affected by these unions like this. I'm trying to think, like, I worked in a factory for a while. I've seen it major there. Luckily, I didn't work in a factory that had unions, but obviously they kind of run a lot of the assembly lines, the manufacturing in the country here. We have the teachers' unions, both for K-12 through and the higher education, where we have the tenured professors. Like you said, I've been there for 20 years. I deserve a 10% bump, even though I'm not doing anything different or working any harder. I just deserve it because of my longevity. Is there an industry that hasn't been tainted by this mindset yet? Well, I, certainly. I mean, the fact that there's only 6% union density in the country is an indication that things are working in other sectors and other industries and other businesses and, and outside of the so-called union movement. You know, there, there are things that are happening out there that are good. I mean, obviously, workers get paid. Um, obviously, everyone thinks they should be paid more for the most part. And hopefully, if they do the work, they do get paid more. And I think that's what union officials ought to be pushing for, as opposed to running to Topeka or running to Washington, D.C., anytime they have a, a complaint or a grievance and trying to get a legislative body to solve their problems. I mean, I think if you look at the automotive industry now, I mean, I think, Andy, I forget what the number is now, we, almost all 80% of all automo- automotive manufacturing, whether it be the original car or the original equipment manufacturers around those businesses, that's occurring in right-to-work states, airline manufacturing now in right-to-work states. These are states where they can't stop you from joining the union, but they allow the rank-and-file worker to hold the union accountable by withholding their money sure. if they do political radically things. That makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it does make sense. I'm telling you, like you mentioned, I mean, the workers are ready to go. As soon as they get the green light, they want to do this stuff because that's just the kind of nation where we are and they're being stopped left and right. It's Mark Mix, National Right to Work Committee, NRTWC.org. Mark, we're out of time. You're my favorite guest to have on the program. Let's do this again here soon. Andy, thanks, and uh, top of the morning to you. Hey, top Sorry of the morning that. to you. Always a pleasure, <laughs> my friend. Lots more coming up. Stay here on The Voice of Reason. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. 
Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at network at gmail.com. Again, that's network at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me, it's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Man, I love it. Thanks again to Mark Mix coming on the program, National Right to Work Committee. Guy's awesome. We love having him on the program. He's a semi-frequent flyer here on The Voice of Reason, so we appreciate that very much. Always great information. And it really just kind of lump in with the collective groupthink mentality thought process that we see going on in society today. We got too individualized in the 70s and 80s, you think? We got too individualized. I mean, I got to be honest. I was born, uh, I don't want to say it on the air. It's just so, first off, people shrug their shoulders and laugh at me, and then they don't take my show seriously, and I just don't like to say that. But I was born in the uh, mid to late 80s. Let's just put it that way, I guess. And uh, it's, I wish that I would have been just a little bit earlier to enjoy some of the 80s because of just the fun and the individuality that, indiv- that people had with the the hair and the crazy wild colors and the whatever. And we kind of bled that into the 90s. But can I be honest? I'm a 90s kid. I hated the 90s. Absolutely. Hated it. Remember the whole kangaroo pants? You know, it starts out, it's just like a poof, like a uh, umbrella down at the bottom of it, like a parachute. Yeah, I... Did have those as a kid, I will admit. It was terrible. I feel awful for doing that. I The only thing I did enjoy from that was the hairstyle for the longest time I've had, and I'll probably go back to it when I get done with whatever I'm doing right now, that, that I will go back to these short, like, spiky, kind of like the, the, I don't even remember his name, the singer from The Offspring, where it's just like spiky platinum blonde that's just like gelled out, and it looks like, uh, you know, it's sharp. I, I enjoyed that. That's kind of what I went for before, and I'll probably do that again at some point. Outside of the music was terrible and god-awful. They tried to do the, like, electronic hip-hop beat thing while they sang to it. They really tied in a lot of grunge. Can I just admit, for me being liking the little bit harder rock and roll and metal stuff as well, the 90s killed rock and roll. Killed it. Killed it. They brought that grunge crap in with like Nirvana and Soundgarden and Red Hot Chili Peppers, and it ruined rock and roll, man. Ruined it. So then you had to either go grungy light stuff or you had to go super awesome heavy metal stuff, and 
That's the direction I went, honest, obviously. So, uh, yeah, the 90s. But every every generation has its thing. Again, I bring up the question, why did we go from everybody being an individual and finding themselves, quote-unquote, to now the groupthink mentality today of communes? Of the groupthink, you're in this box, and just because of one piece of your identity, that puts you in a box to where you have to live your life as such, uh, just like everyone else in that box. And I just don't understand that mentality because I didn't see that growing up. Our generation grew up not seeing that, so why are we doing it now? doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And it's concerning. All right, we got a few minutes left here. I don't want to wait. I promise I do this every single year. Maybe for those that are listening for the first time, it's your first time to enjoy this. But because it's St. Patrick's Day, and we do get to enjoy a little bit of culture on this one, I have a fun little Irish and St. Patrick's Day facts for you that I think you'll enjoy to kind of wrap up the program. Now, we talked about it briefly at the beginning of the show, but the history of St. Patrick and St. Patrick's Day, for those of you that don't know, was not about driving out snakes. That was a metaphor. But St. Patrick himself was a Roman Italian individual who ended up getting captured as a child at like seven or eight years old, was taken to Ireland as a prisoner from Irish pirates, escaped by the age of 17, went back, became a priest, and then decided to go back to Ireland to bring God and to rid the quote-unquote snakes, which were the pagans, according to the Catholic Church. And that's what St. Patrick is all about. Now, in Ireland... They go to church all day here in the U.S. of A. We just feel like putting green dye in beer and drinking a lot of beer. But here's some fun stats for you for the St. Patrick's Day of 2022. There is a 174% increase in beer sales on St. Patrick's Day compared to the rest of the year. 153% more spirits are sold as well. $1.92 million value of a leprechaun's pot of gold. Now, if you don't know what a leprechaun's pot of gold is, it is 1,000 one-ounce gold pieces that is in a pot that is a leprechaun's pot of gold. And it is valued this year at $1.92 million for a said pot of gold. $5.87 billion is the amount of money collectively spent on St. Patrick's Day with a rough average of $42 per person that is celebrating said holiday. Almost $6 billion of people just going crazy and just enjoying that one. 31.5 million Americans claim Irish ancestry, which is the second only to Germany in five or 6.5 times Ireland's population. Imagine that. There are more people in America with Irish ancestry than there are actual Irish in Ireland right now. That's a wild concept for you as well. 57 people were killed in drunk driving crashes over St. Patty's Day last year. Why would you tell me that? It's sad. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Enjoy your heritage, whatever it may be. Go out and have some corned beef and a Guinness, although I'm not much of a Guinness guy myself. But go out and enjoy, celebrate, have a good time, because that's what the world's all about, is enjoying, getting to understand and learn more about it. And we'll do it again tomorrow for a Friday. That's what we do here on the program. Be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change. Until then, podcast up in a little bit. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government, censorship, and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on 
religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course, yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.